from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report for Radio Andy. I'm producer Blake Jacobs, and this is our last show of 2021. So, instead of counting down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow, I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of the year that made us go wow. And who can forget the insurrection on January 6th? So, let's get started with that at number 10. Number 10. You know, people ask you, like, where were you when Kennedy was shot? We are literally giving you this number 10 is where were you? Because it's happening right now when the Capitol was stormed by, uh, you know, these, these uh, terrorists, these, these domestic terrorists. Um, what a day. You know, we're going to get to it later, but it started, you know, I, I woke up to Georgia, uh, you know, turning the, the, the Congress and Senate blue and then followed by this insanity and 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 what are you guys are you watching all day are you trying to avoid it what's going on i think it's important that this isn't insanity that just happened because they flipped the state the insanity happened as a direct result of a provocation of a match to a fire set by the president in a rally that preceded the storming of the Capitol. The so-called, but make, no, but make no mistake that this that he's been fomenting this for for years now, and it didn't just come out of the blue when he, you know, uh, during the um, uh, over the summer when he said "stand down and stand stand ready." That was the first, you know, sign that he was ready to 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 begin this process of of insurrection and i know here in los angeles we've talked about uh we friends and i were talking about this that the maga people have been going bananas for the past week and there have been groups of 50 to 100 people you know um red hat wearers storming the various grocery stores ralph's vaughn's uh whole foods uh trader joe's in on mass and it just seems like for the past couple weeks it keeps building and building and building until what happened uh this week which is just absolute insanity again at this late breaking hour and so much more will have been revealed by the time this airs but melania's chief of staff has resigned over this you know there's certain senators i know it's all crap but people are at least trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, again, it's too early to know how this is all going to play out, but that people, this is people's opportunity to, to distance themselves <laughs> in the last minutes, right? You are right that it is too early to see how it will play out, but it is absolutely crucial that we do not forgive or forget and that Trump and his family and the Republican enablers and the people who voted for him they all must be held to account because I think in this moment, what has happened is without historical precedent. James. Well, but make no mistake that the Democrats are going to do what the Democrats always do and try and rise to the occasion and say, we're going to move on and we aren't going to, you know, it, it started with Gerald Ford pardoning Nixon. And it's going to, I, if you think for one second that Biden is going to get down and dirty and do the same things that Trump would do, you're mistaken because Biden is a gentleman and he's going to say, we must move on as a country. It's going to happen. Mark my words. This is kind of like our, our putting uh, predictions in the envelope and sealing them because we'll find out what happened on Friday But um, when you're listening to this. But the only thing I will say is um, they're talking about at this hour, you know, we're still in Wednesday. And they're talking about they probably can't impeach him. They probably can't 25th Amendment him, but they can censor him as both houses, which is what they did to Joe McCartney, McCarth- McCarthy way back when. Again, different times, different, you know, a lot of backlash. Twitter has banned Trump for 12 hours right now. And the only hours, just 12. I mean, ban him for life, for Christ's sake. Get rid of the motherfucker. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And the last (laughs) thing, as I as I project forward and I know nothing and I'm I'm, I'm playing out out of my depths. But if Trump, who's going to there's also talk that he's going to, you know, say he's running for president on like the inauguration day or something. And I'm just hoping that, you know, we we saw in Georgia, we saw in the presidential election that we're kind of like a 50 percent. 49% 49% nation. You know, it's a very tight division. And I'm hoping that Trump and, and this outrageous thing, it helps to divide the Republicans. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, even if it's 10% and 40%, 
you know, and then we stay 50 or go to 51 or something. So that's all. I just it couldn't be, not talk about a lovely it. world if that were the case. I just, I, I think we're so far divided. I think the division is only going to get worse. Number nine. It's Montero. Is Lil Nas X video for his new single, which James St. James wrote up on the Wow Report, talking about bottoming for Satan. Yes. Bot- bottoming for Satan. He rides the stripper pole to hell and then bottoms for Satan. And the Republicans have gone bananas. Canceling, canceling. Yes, yes. Cancel Lil Nas X. How dare he? You know, Satanism in, in pop music. What's going to happen next? And not only how dare he, but how brilliantly he has clapped back. Oh, not he, only clapped he, back, the way he positioned it in the first place. He tweeted out, you know, as a teenager, my teenage years, I hated myself because of all the shit you preached would happen to me because I was gay. I hope you are mad, stay mad, and feel the same anger you taught us to have towards ourselves. It's, it's such God, a brilliant fuck yeah. you. Because here's the thing. Christians use Christ to preach hatred, which is not what Christ was ever about. So why not flip the switch, turn the tables, and use Satan to promote love? It is a brilliant sleight of hand. Well, first of all, I mean, Lil Nas X, 21 years, how old is he? He is, he's young and so brilliant and so brilliant at trolling the trolls. You know, it's, he's, he's so good at it. But when you think about it, like all these, you know, Christians and evangelicals and the right wingers and the pundits on Fox and everything going bananas about this. The devil has been a part of pop culture for as long as, you know, he's in cartoons. He's in, you know, I mean, every cartoon has a Satan, you know, has has a devil. There's he's been in movies and and in songs and the devil made. I mean, like, why now? Why in 2021 is all of a sudden having a devil in your, you know, in your pop music video considered such an outrage? It's because these Christians aren't really interested in love and equality and Christian values. They want to control the narrative and they want to have the power and they don't like it when you use their icons in some way other than what they consider you know, the devil is for burning the ass of faggots in hell for all time. That's what they want. <laughs> they get very cross when he gives a lap to us to say that. <laughs> so good. I, I read an article actually in Time magazine where some academics unpack some of the religious symbolism. And it, it's really interesting because um, Roland Betancourt, who's a professor at University of California, he says, this is a really well-researched really scholastic music video. And and just one example, the song's cover art, it's kind of a redo of Michelangelo, God creating Adam, you know, in the Sistine Chapel. Because yeah. it, But it's Lil Nas X sort of connecting with Lil Nas X. And in the Garden of Eden, um, there's this great moment after the snake appears, which is Lil Nas X, um, the, the camera pans to, I just want to find it. The camera pans to a tree, the tree of knowledge. And on the tree of knowledge is a Greek phrase that translates to after the division of the two parts of man, each desiring his other half, which comes from Plato's symposium, which is the story of mankind in which humans were originally two bodies stuck together. That man, you know, some man and man, some woman and woman and some man and woman. And that after this moment, they were split apart. Zeus got pissed off because everyone was having such a good time. And so the sort of story that this tells is really, and even the little detail where, you know, he's uh, in this, there's three acts. In the second act, he's brought into the Colosseum in a giant wig, kind of like a Christian stoning thing. He's going up to heaven. And instead of St. Peter meeting him at the pearly gates, it's Ganymede. And the thing about Ganymede, was he was this youth who was so beautiful that Zeus turned him into a eagle so he would go to heaven. Oh, interesting. And then okay. before, before he can get there, he goes down this long strip of pole, and that's how he ends up <laughs> in the lap of the devil. Getting Where, fucked by, by another Satan. quote in Latin, which translates as, they condemn what they do not understand. Well, which is go. basically... Well, that's and that's Christians what, hate whatever's counted the idea of white heterosexual male sensibility. But that's that's the phrase that Christ says on the cross. Yeah, 
Forgive them, Father, for they know not what, they, know do. what they do. Yeah. So fuck me. Not only is it an amazing music video, it is a an intellectual treatise repositioning the whole debate of or, or rebutting the whole idea of institutionalized hatred of 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 gayness. I mean, wow. It's wow. amazing. And I will say, after all that smart stuff you just said, Fenton, he also has said that um, the storyboard of him chained up in the Coliseum came from a Spongebob episode. <laughs> so we go from high to low in the same video. I love right. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. James, do you love it? I do. I do. I love him. I think he's just so fantastic and so fun and just such a breath of fresh air. I, everything he does is just, just wonderful. I think he's the best we got. Hey guys, producer Blake Jacobs here. I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 things of the year that made us go wow. Now up next, WOW Report contributor and WOW celebrity Trey Spiegel joins us for number eight to chat about the closure of New York City nightlife staple, the Pyramid Club. Number eight. The Pyramid Club, the legendary Pyramid Club has closed. I didn't know it was still open. Well, after, it really wasn't. For, <laughs> it was, for 41 years though, it was a landmark in the East Village for... Uh, I mean, drag queen culture and, and mu- music and live music and performance art and well, everything. But you had nights there, too. What did you put on at the Pyramid Cocktail Lounge? Uh, I was working at Vanity Fair at the time. And, okay, in a two-month period, this is who I booked. And this was kind of highbrow, I guess, for the Pyramid. Uh, and so when I booked them, they could do whatever they want. Well, I would just introduce them, and then whatever happened. So Quentin Crisp, Cookie Mueller... John Waters, Taylor Mead, Jackie Curtis, Kenneth Anger, who wanted to show all of Lucifer Rising with the crowd being quiet for 40 minutes. Which, <laughs> um, Fran Lebowitz, Ethel Eigelberger, John Sex, and uh, and this was a real this was this was I had a full time job. I was working at Vanity Fair, and then on Sunday night I would produce this show. And I think um, we, we need to mention that the stage was probably the size of a bathroom rug, a bathroom oh. mat. And there were probably, oh. you could get like, what, 100 people, 200 people in that little tiny little area right there. Did the uh, uh, Pop-Tarts ever perform there? Well, yes, as a matter of fact, we did. And I will just say that in all these sort of, everybody's mourning the passing of the pyramid. And they say, oh, the legendary performers, this, that, the other, James St. James, RuPaul, like, not one single mention of the pop tart. <laughs> well, because you're so humble here. Tell us all about it. <laughs> there ah! we go. I we did perform a few times at the at the pyramid. I do remember Brian um, Butterick, who ran, yeah. um, who was one of the runners of it. He just looked at me, slack jawed after our show, and was like, "That was." <laughs> <laughs> it was the silence that spoke volumes. Oh. There's, there's Brian Butterick and and myself in drag. Hattie wow. Hathaway. What Hattie was your Hathaway, drag name? Who, yes, um, who passed away? Who actually organized that show at How Happening? Well, um, Brian what Butterick's was drag name. Wait, Brian Butterick's I, drag name was Hattie Hathaway, right? That was that was yeah. the great Hattie Hathaway. Okay, I have also some perspective here for you. So, if we were having this discussion in 1981 about a club that had happened as long ago as the pyramid did, we would be talking about World War II. The Hollywood Canteen. The yeah, Stork Club. It's <laughs> that long ago. It would have been like, Wizard of Oz would have been two years old. I mean, it's that long ago. Because in the 80s, we thought the 60s were 100 years ago. I mean, Exactly, we, 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 yeah. I think what you're missing, Trey, is that we are hundreds of years old. <laughs> Excuse me again. Well, St. James, did you work at, perform at, kill anybody at the Pyramid Club? I performed at the Pyramid Club a what? couple of times. I was in a band called The Fags, and I was the tambourine player. And I was dressed up in a little schoolgirl outfit and shake the tambourine. And we had two the shows year? there. What I, year was I, this? I would have been like 85, 86, something like that. And then I feel like I did a show with Baby Gregor and uh, Wendy Wild and Wendy. Lisa. And we were all on stage. It was some sort of hippie thing. I don't remember. I have a picture of us all there. And it was Baby, Baby. I think, had organized it. 
I've never heard your band, Fag, but first of all, take that, little Nas X. And second, <laughs> we all know that the tambourine player is the truly talented member of the band. <laughs> I have one story I do want to share, which is I just arrived in New York. I just met Randy, just started at film school, and we would skip editing class and go to the Pyramid for Happy Hour, you know, where a gin and tonic was just a whole glass of gin with a, a tonic. But I remember this really cute guy coming in. He had blonde ringlets and really torn jeans, very sort of like ahead of his time look. And he had this, he was a graphic artist and he designed this record cover. And it was this woman Martin. Sort of in black and white holding her yeah. face like this. And I was like, what is it? He was showing it to everyone. Martin oh Burgoyne. my God. It was Madonna's debut cover. Yeah. Like Martin Burgoyne. Yeah, beautiful boy. Beautiful. And Madonna had when when Martin was really sick. Madonna had a benefit there uh, for Martin. Hey guys, Blake here. I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top ten moments of the year that made us go wow. And when we come back, we'll be at number seven. This is the Wow Report for Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hey guys, producer Blake Jacobs here. I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of 2021 for this week's episode. And we're back with number seven, the closure of the Arclight and Pacific Theaters. Number seven. If you had given us time during the commercial Fenton, we should have all changed into black with hats and veils because we are mourning the closing of the arc light theater specifically in Hollywood location, the Cinerama dome. They, they, it was, you know, it was kind of, I believe the first of its kind in LA and in the world where you could reserve your seats, which just happens everywhere, but you could reserve your seats. And how many hours have we all spent? It's very, it's very LA to drive a car that you can't afford and to buy like $18 tickets to see a movie and spend $15 on caramel corn and see celebrities and your best friends and everybody pouring into the arc light. Well, it also, you know, um, it's also was this at the theater. It doesn't have um, trailers. It, it only has three trailers and no commercials. And that yeah. was one of the big, the big draws about it. I got to say this week when the news broke, um, it, Deadline and Hollywood Reporter and Variety all sort of did it at the same time. And the way Twitter exploded and people, I, I got tears in my eyes the minute I heard it. And I, you can't help but think of all the times that you've been there. And it's not just Cinerama Dome and, and the Arclight. Pacific theaters are closing too. And that's the Grove. And I spend every weekend going to the Grove and going to movies with my sister before the pandemic. It's really the anchor of the Grove, actually. Someone was saying, you will go to the Grove to watch a movie and then you'll eat or shop or whatever. But if mm-hmm. you don't have that anchor of, of going to the Grove for a movie. What, and we lost, we've lost Regency cinemas. I mean, it, it's sad to think that this might be the end of actual cinemas. I heard a conspiracy theory that's all a ploy to get concessions from the landlord so they can negotiate a cheaper rent, which they desperately need to continue in business but i've also heard that netflix was going to swoop in because their theater's right next door and i mean their their offices are right next door and they were going to try and use it i also heard if if we do recover from this pandemic as we recover from this pandemic let's be positive we will be going back to the theater and it maybe is a business ploy but i do going back to our just our emotional reaction i always for me and being an la guy and a gay guy and a single guy like certain restaurants and now i realize the arc light are like are like churches to me. Yeah, it's where you gather. It's where you see each other on Friday nights. It's where the community comes. It's where you took first dates. It's where you would go. You know, to go to celebrate someone's birthday. It's just. It's really funny. I, I how- had one of my sweetest dates ever at the Arc. Like, I will never. It was just I and I get choked up thinking about it. I remember some of the, seeing some of the celebrities there. I remember seeing Bette Midler one time and Tony Basil walking in and they were both like four feet tall and holding on to each other like little old ladies. And it was just the cutest thing I'd ever seen. I remember seeing Josh Hutcherson there every weekend. He was always there. I watched uh, Jennifer's Body with Katy Perry right when she was like coming up. Right? I remember seeing, I remember seeing, you know, um, 
gosh, I've just seen so many stars there over the years. And you always and, and you can't be starstruck because it's Hollywood. And so everyone just sort of sits. Next, I sat next to we all sat next to Robert Downey Jr. When we went to go see Freak Show. Remember, he was there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah just just, just the, the, one of the one I, of the punters. I've sat next to Jennifer Coolidge in a movie screening there, too, before. Just fabulous. You know, though, there is this trend where you can rent out the whole theater for you and 20 of your socially distanced friends for like a couple of hundred dollars. I mean, I don't believe in that. No, because our agent, Jonathan Sweden, accidentally texted me saying, let's go. And he wasn't inviting me. I was like, well, let's go where? What? And he's like, oh, I didn't mean you. <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway, that sounds like an amazing birthday party that you or Randy would throw that we get invited to. So I'm holding on. I'm waiting for you guys to uh, invite You us. get invited too. <laughs> I don't get invited to those anymore. Oh, oh, not a party. James, you haven't had a party in years. <laughs> well, like there that story about um, Faye Dunaway always going and treating it as like her office. Well, she used to go and she wouldn't, she would never pay. And she'd say, I have an Oscar. And she'd just walk right in. <laughs> and and she'd set, up her, so she'd set up her newspapers all around her and like <laughs> take calls. <laughs> now is the time for me to tell my Faye Dunaway through the stapler at my head story. Yes. When I was working at Bookstoop and she was there and she was asking about a book and I couldn't mm. find it. And she grabbed the, the, the stapler and she threw it and hit me in the head and I was bleeding, gushing blood. And I feel, I feel as a documentarian of your life, James, I need to tie together to people your strange behavior now and the head injury you received from Faye Dunaway. At Thank Bookstoop. you. Thank you, Tom Burns. <laughs> and in the book that celebrates your life, you know, Tom Hanks will recite this story. I was there in book soup when Faye on away. <clears throat> what did you do when that happened? Um, I think I went... <gasps> Because I had made this whole big thing about how when Faye Dunaway walked in and everyone said, I'm not doing it, dealing with her, I'm not doing it. And I was like, oh, I will fail, Miss Dunaway. Oh, Miss Dunaway, how can I help you? And she wanted me to look for this um, Spanish author. And I think I mispronounced his name and she called me an idiot. And that's when I realized. But, you know, I have to say, politically incorrect as I am, today, as a young person, you could sue her. Oh, yeah, true. And, and now you just have a great story and a concussion that's changed your personality. But so what? And maybe it's not too late to sue anyway. Maybe it's <laughs> <laughs> What is the statute of limitations? On a stapler assault. Stapler assaults. <laughs> so for this week's episode, I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of the year, 2021. While Liberty Trey Spiegel is back for our number six, a new car color that is sweeping the nation, Nardo Gray. Number six. I just want to quickly follow up on something we talked a bit about last week. You know, I was going on about the color of cars, and I've noticed that all the cars were in the 90s started going silver and then gray. And then what prompted this was noticing a new kind of gray. Well, I didn't know what it was called last week when I did the podcast. I've done some more sort of deep dive on Google. And This kind of color is called Nardo Gray. I don't know why it's called Nardo Gray. I'm still not able to find out why. I thought maybe it was Leonardo, like Nardo short, Leonardo Gray. I don't know. But Nardo Gray was a gray color launched by Audi for their high-end cars. And it just took off like wildfire. And James, you said, oh, yes, you know, billionaires wrap their cars in these, these things. Well, you're sort of right. Because the demand for this color was so intense that Audi couldn't couldn't any longer control it and monopolize it. And it's become available in vinyl wraps, which is the thing where you get your car. Instead of repainting it, you get it wrapped in vinyl. And it looks just like a paint job. So, well, I'm looking on Urban Dictionary right now, and I see that Nardo is a kind, beautiful, hot, smart, and confident bestie who will always have your best friend. But it's also a kind of um, sweet bundle of candy. If you get a, a Nardo, it's a sweet bundle. Of, and I'm wondering if the wrap of the wrap of the candy or something is maybe where that. that comes from. It's the also a city about, in Spain. I don't know. I'm just throwing all these things out here. Well, well, Nardo Gray is also known as sometimes it's called Battleship Gray or Primer mm. or Unfinished Gray because it's normally is it matte. It's normally an undercoat. No, it can be glossy. It can be glossy or matte. 
But Trey, it's a kind of paint that is very flat looking. It's not that it's not, it's not about its glossiness. It's just got a, a certain amount of white in it that it feels very chalky and very solid. It almost looks like, almost actually looks like it is vinyl sort of. And it's, it's so hard to describe, but it's- What, you saw it on an Audi in person? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all, now apparently Fenton has been seeing them every time he walks out the door. He, he sees yeah. it. I just see Nardo Gray everywhere. It's Nardo <laughs> Gray. It's an LA thing. It might be an aneurysm, but uh... <laughs> are you smelling <laughs> copper? Here's the thing: a senior <laughs> moment here. No, just Google Nardo Gray in images, Trey, and you'll see. You'll know. You'll go. Oh, that it looks. I think it makes cars look like toys, like toy models, mm. like children's toys. Um, but I just can't find enough out about it. And some people love it and some people hate it. It's like, do you some know, people, do you know this like color it. called um, Vanta Black? Yes, that's super black, black. That's yes, that is uh, yeah. um, the artist Anish Kapoor yeah. um, bought the patent to it. And apparently yeah. it's 99.9999. Like it's the blackest thing in the world. So if you right. paint it on the floor, it looks like a hole. It looks like a black hole to the, it absorbs end of the light. universe. And he made all the artists mad um, yeah, that he monopolized it. this paint. But I was imagining a Vanta black um, car. Well, this is the, the, maybe this is the grayest gray. I don't know what I don't know. It's it's. Have you seen any cars, James, with it well, since no, I've been around? The one that I always see, I always see the matte black that looks like a Batmobile. That always that this the, uh, it, it's it's very matte and it's very black, and I see it in in matte gray. So the, it might be the Nardo gray. I don't know. But the one, the color I always see, I see this weird orange that I see it all orange, like orange Mercedes, orange Audis, orange. I see that all the time lately. It's a very vibrant orange, and it seems like a new color that's sort of coming onto the scene. James, you know that I like Soviet bus stops and I feel I've now become obsessed by car colors because, you know, you know, like that sort of green racing car green, that sort of bottle. It's like a lovely dark green. And that's always associated with British racing cars and sports cars. Did you know that? No. Okay. Well, that ruins my story. But basically, yes. Oh, the green you, from the sports cars. Oh, yes. I British racing car. Now. Thank you. It happened because um, white and blue had been taken by the U.S. as racing colors. Germany and France had taken um, other colors. So the only color that was left was green. And motor racing was illegal in the U.K. at the time. So all the races were held in Ireland. And because it was Ireland, which is known as the Emerald Isle, they painted the race cars green. And that's why... These dark green racing cars are always associated with the UK. Ah. Who knew? For this week's episode, I've compiled segments from previous episodes of 2021 into the top 10 moments of the year. At number five, billionaires go to space. Number five. There's a lot to unpack here. Let's and... just talk about the big picture for a second. Can I? I'm sorry. Please, yeah, go. Hijack it. And I always don't like those, you know, why do people drive nice cars when people are starving in Africa? I always think it's like you're just sort of putting two things together. But why, why are billionaires rushing to go into space in some kind of lark, in some kind of like, it's it's yacht mentality taken to like space, right? It's like, how much money can we spend um, I think I'm happy to be wrong. You know, it just boggles the mind when there's so many ways that we could be spending our money. I also saw a meme recently that said of all the billionaires in the world, there's like 271, none of them became Batman. You know, none of them are heroes. They're all just like doing it for themselves. They're James, all Lex Luthers is what they are. They're yeah, all evil, so evil, evil super. Are you that for people who don't, we were on video as well as on the radio, but I think even people listening to us on the radio heard your eye roll. During my last, my last. No, uh, it, but I'm glad that you set it up like that because I'm ready to knock it down. That's why you're here, James. I believe I, I agree with you that there are a million things that they could have done with the money. Childhood cancer, you know, the homeless problem. I mean, there's just there. There is so much happening in the world right now. The world is burning down. Climate change. We just need. But I 
believe in my heart of hearts that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I think that there is enough that they that they're only spending a, a minuscule amount of their their billions and hundreds of billions of dollars on this. And I think I honestly believe that as we burn this world down, we are going to have to get off of it at some point. We are going to we have we have put space travel aside for too long. We you know in the sixties it was go 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 to the moon, and then uh, we got to the moon, and then it, it stopped for forty years, and we nobody did anything except for the space shuttle. And I believe that it's and some what point- do we have to show for that? Tang, uh, uh, um, 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 uh, air air mattresses, <laughs> moonwalk shoes. <laughs> But but I honestly I I don't mind the fact that that they're racing. If 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 we can get people invested in space travel again, I think that's a positive thing. I think that we're going to need to go to Mars in the next ten years. I think that all these these things have to happen. But would it be easier? I, I listen. I can play both sides of this record. Yeah. But but lately it's upset me. I don't know why. But you know. What about making Earth habitable? Like instead of like the red planet that's far away that takes ever to get there, why don't we learn how to make Earth work without oxygen? Well, but, well, but like Richard Branson said when he came down, he said that like a lot of astronauts, when you see the big marble spinning in the sky from yeah. that far up, you have a revelation and you have the, a newfound appreciation for Mother Gaia. And he says that he's going to do, spend the rest of his life trying to make sure that cli- he addresses things like climate change. And he wants to, he feels m- more at tune with the earth having seen it from above. Well, I hope bet. his actions match those words. I do too. I, I, I've seen the blue marble in pictures and that's enough for me. I've seen alligators on TV enough to know, stay away from alligators. Wait, so you would I never go to be in the jaws of an alligator to know that. I just want to say, like, there's this uh, series of tweets that Sim Kern, Sim underscore Kern, post, I'll post it on the WOW report. She is a uh, a spouse of, a per- of an astronaut. It's about how hard it is to live in space and how this one guy, um, the, the guy that's lived, that stayed in space the longest was only there for a year, Scott Kelly. He spent a year in space, got home, and immediately retired. He spent all his life preparing and training to be in space and found it extremely physical and psychologically grueling to be up there for just one year. Well, it's hard to poop in your your, your space diapers, all, you know, 24 hours a day, every day for, for a year. And but you also lose out- it's like there's never going to be a time in our lifetimes when living on Mars is going to be at all fathomable. So we should, like Tom said, we should, like Tom said, fix the earth, but live on the earth that where we are able to like breathe and walk and whatever, Blake, neither one of you would uh, go up in in the space shuttle or go on this. this. It was only for an hour. He was up there. You wouldn't do it for an hour. If it was a good, if it was a good skin treatment, or if it like made your lips fuller or your your cheeks higher, I might, but I'd otherwise no. I'd go after millions of other people had already gone, and that's not going to happen. Go, you wouldn't so. be the first people to go live on Mars. I no. would. No, I totally would. Mm-mm. You're braver than we are. For all we know, you, for all we know, you're visiting from Mars. <laughs> yeah, and you have like an ulterior motive. I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of the year. And when we come back, we'll continue the countdown with number four. This is the WOW Report for Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm producer Blake Jacobs, and I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of the year that made us go wow. And we're back with number four. Number four. Earlier, I was gushing over Joni Mitchell, Bette Midler, Laura Michaels. I am now gushing over, you know, it, it's it's harder as you become more mature to absorb pop culture music in a way that is joyous. There's an artist that I have found that I love, Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, obsessed. Love her. Yes. I don't know what it is about her, you know, I, you know, in, I have, uh, you know, Radio X, XM, X, you know, Sirius XM, and I think channels like two, three, and four are like hit songs and divas and, and, and um, Soul Cycle. And I, I purposely listen to them, force myself sometimes, because I'm always listening for songs that could be good lip syncs on RuPaul's Drag Race. 
and they make very few new songs that are good lip sync songs because they're you know the, the, the right now it's very folky, very vibe, very Billy Eilish. And Olivia Rodrigo's first single license, uh, driver's license, which is so beautifully written, is really mellow. And then she had Deja Vu, which kind of had a beat. And then she did Good for You, which is this incredible. I don't know. Good for you. Good for you. It's just it's all about how it, it's it's it's. She kind of she's very influential. She's 18 years old. Yeah. He got a record deal right before the pandemic hit, like the week before. It's like you got a record deal, and she spent all of quarantine writing songs. And she's and writing think- songs that are that are about her life and her boyfriend and the, the breakup yeah. with her boyfriend. And it's very confessional, and it, it's that just makes it even better. And it's it's a little um, it's very influenced by Taylor Swift, um, mm-hmm. and 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 yet. And Taylor, if you're listening, please call. Let's talk this through. But Taylor Swift, I think, is an amazing artist in terms of creating pop. But I'm not in love with her voice, or her, you know, like I don't get lost in Taylor Smith's vocals. I think she writes great pop songs and country songs, and you know, cannot not deny her. But I just, for whatever reason, she's not gotten under my skin. Olivia Rodrigo has gotten under my skin, and yet they're similar. But there's also, and I said this before the. Like, I feel like there's some Joni Mitchell in Olivia Rodrigo. I know that's a sacrilege because Joni Mitchell is a god among men. But I just feel like there's something deeper going on or something smokier or more, I don't know, emotional. You definitely want to see where she's going with this career. And you definitely want to see her at age 30, at age 40, at yes. age 60, see what Olivia is is doing. You get that feeling that she's in it for the long run, unlike that one that you used to like, Benson. That that Megan Trainer girl who just came in a little quiet lately. That's (laughs) (laughs) she had that one hit. I saw that she sold her house to like um like Kelly Clarkson or something for fifteen million. And I was like, how in the hell did Megan Trainer get a fifteen million dollar house? But that's not her songs because she writes other people's songs. She's a hit maker. She's a hit machine and an artist. I definitely respect your choices, Tom, because I remember you were singing the praises of Ariana Grande very early on. Never let us forget it. And we were poo-pooing you, and you quite rightly got, you know, you told us I do want to say with Olivia Rodrigo, though, that that first time you hear the the segue into the red light, green light, I still see your face. That and I always think of that Saturday Night Live skit where the where the the macho guys are sitting around talking about it, and they they're playing it, and they're they all start singing it, and their minds are blown when it goes into that part of the song, and they're all like, "Do you think that he really did drop write the song about her, and she really does drive past his house?" And like everyone is so involved in Olivia's life, and it all started because isn't she on uh, High School Musical, the musical of the series? Isn't that where this started? That's where she started. She wrote a song for that that got really popular. She thought, hey, I can do this. And her boyfriend really did. They used to drive around together in the car. And then now she, like, the, he dropped her for the other woman on the show, I think is what it happened. So good. It's the same with Billie Eilish, right? Her boyfriend, you know, didn't work out. That's in the documentary a lot. Oh, these Billie. guys who make Billie's these terrible over. mistakes. On... Wrap her up. Billy's over. It's a tough one. Don't wake things up too early in the morning. Billy and Megan, take a hike. We're going to move on to number three, James. Number three. I want to talk about Days of Our Lives, which has gone off the rails. It's bananas. Um, Days of Our Lives is revisiting the Marlena Possessed by the Devil story from 25 years ago, which was a pivotal moment in soap opera history. What? I, it was it was the only time I ever really watched soap operas was the one summer when she was possessed and Eileen Davidson played the twins, Kristen and Susan. Well, she Eileen Davidson ended up playing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Eileen Davidson ended up playing 15 different parts on the show. She had 15 different roles that year. But that but that was 25 years ago. That was in the 90s and that was Marlena Mar, Dr. Marlena Evans and she Satan possessed her and she had glowing yellow eyes and she would levitate off the bed and she spoke in a voice like this and she killed the local priest and set the church on fire and it was just bananas. It was crazy and it lost millions of viewers at the time because people said it was just outrageous but then it gained millions more so it's always been this sort of like people do people love it or hate it so now 25 years later 
we have Doug, who is played by Bill Hayes, who has been on the show since the 1960s. He's 96 years old, and he is still on the show, and he still gets plot lines, and he still has storylines, and he still has, he, you know, usually at that age, they, they wheel you out for, for birthdays and funerals and whatever, but he is on the show all the time. God bless him. Well, all of a sudden, uh, he one day, he locks his wife, Julie, in the meat freezer at work. He owns a restaurant and he locks her in and he walks away and everyone's like what's going on and then he starts forgetting names and we think it's an alzheimer's story and we think that's where he's going well he goes to see marlena well first of all he's standing at the elevator and jackie harry is on the show now jackie harry is absolutely fantastic and he's talking to her and all of a sudden he grabs her ass this 96 year old man and jackie turns around and slaps him and says doug did you just grab my fanny and it's this whole big, and he sort of stands there smiling. And so he goes to see Marlena, who is the psychiatrist. And Marlena says, Doug, why did you lock your wife in the freezer? And all of a sudden he starts talking like this. And he says, the bitch had it coming. And he said, it was the most fun I've had all week. And she's like, what? And he, then all of a sudden his eyes start going yellow. And he says, Marlena, if you, it's been 25 years, if you think I didn't come back for you, you are wrong. <laughs> and all of a sudden he falls to the floor and he's starts flopping around this 96 year old man and he's flopping around and he says i have to you know i've taken over doug and if you want me to get out of doug's body i go into you so now all of a sudden marlena is her eyes turn yellow and everywhere all around the the, the, the uh, all the other characters are like did you just feel a chill <laughs> and, and it, it looks like a storm is coming says everybody so that's how they have kicked off their october storyline and everybody seems to be involved and it's just absolutely magnificent and i'm having so much fun with it i think if you've never watched a soap opera before now is the time to join days of our lives well i really hope they get the devil out of her by christmas well they say it's a six month storyline it's gonna go on for six months but i just think i think it's god bless doug um bill hayes the, the actor who plays doug who's 96 years old i want him to get a daytime emmy for it because mm. i just it, you know when else is he ever gonna have a chance to get in yeah does the actress who plays doug's wife is that the same actress susan seaforth hayes and in real life they are married they got married in the 70s and they've been married for 50 years and they have been on the show together for 50 years as husband and wife two things i have to say quickly i'm sorry is that they were on the cover of time magazine about soap operas in the 70s which i knew about it and i remember my mother didn't watch many soap operas but sometimes when she ironed she did and i used to (laughs) put her ironing for this is before i was in kindergarten and she watched days of her lives and i think doug susan safer was married to somebody else that character she had doug come over in the middle of the afternoon she put a record and they made love and i was hot and bothered. And she has been on the show since the first episode. So amazing. amazing. James, do you watch it every day at a certain time? Are you? Well, I DVR it. I DVR that and I DVR general hospital and I do them every single day. So oh, since, since 1975, I think is when I started. Wow, I have never watched Days of Our Lives. I, I'm gonna, I gotta start. Now's the time. Now's the time, Now's the time to rejoin. Sounds like it. Yeah. Well, like I said, Decay Harry is on it now, and Marla Gibbs plays her mother. So it's like two two. What is it? What was two two seven? Two two seven. So it's a revisitation of two two seven. They are hysterical, and there's hot guys and and Living <laughs> Color once did a parody of two two seven called two two ethnic, but that was their joke. <laughs> Um, do you think you know Passions came out like right after that? The other song, oh, yeah. Do you think that was kind of like a not a spinoff, but like because of the supernatural fans? Like, and they did have many, many supernatural. They had Hecuba, they had Tabitha and uh, and Dora on that show, yeah. Timmy, uh, and the orangutan nurse, yes. Uh, a nurse, dress, or an orangutan dressed in a nurse's outfit, who was an actual nurse on the show. Take that, an actual out. orangutan was a nurse? Yes, and they really didn't even, like, address it. It was just, when they would come in, nurse, the orangutan would come in and give someone a thermometer and take their temperature and then walk off the set. <laughs> Watch Days of Our Lives daily (laughs) on NBC. Check your local listings or you can stream it on Peacock. Hey guys, it's Blake. 
I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of 2021. At number two, Vax is the word. Number two. Every year, there's a word of the year. The Oxford English Dictionary releases its word of the year. And do you know what the 2020 word of the year was? Insurrection. Oh, pandemic. I don't know what. Give us a hint. (laughs) Well, you would think it would be COVID. But Um, no, they actually were unable to arrive on a word of the year. There were just so many words flying around that they just decided to describe the whole year as unprecedented. This year, however, what do you think the word of the year for 2021 is? How can you? That that seems, wait a second. There were too many words to make a decision. This is the world we're living in. Too many words. Make a decision, right? (laughs) Too many words. Too many words. A decision for 2021. Wait, and I'm you mean, asking you, new you, words that have entered into our vocabulary that that now we get to pick to which one is the most popular, like just like the most impactful, the word of the year. What do you think it is? It's not well, don't get mad at me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, no one's going to say. Okay, it's vax. Vax is the word of the year. If you oh. just looked at your cheat sheet, James, for the show, you might actually have got a clue. But How dare you? Yeah. How dare. And then there's all sorts of variants. That's what's so exciting about Vax as well. There's many variants. Like COVID itself, there's many variants. <laughs> um, what do you think an anti-faxer is? Anti-faxer. Oh, someone who just won't follow the listen to the facts of that. Exactly you know, right, and vaccident. What about a vaccident? If you have a vaccident, what do you think? That's that when your like... fax paper gets jammed in the fax machine. <laughs> That, no, that's when that's when the microchip that they're injecting in you goes awry. It's when, when you have a car accident uh, as a result of having gotten the shot. You're suffering. Nobody gets has an accident. You know, accident. I do that, wait. I have an aunt though who was bitten by a monkey um, when she was in Africa. And she got monkey um, madness and was driving her car and blacked out and hit the car against a tree. Was it a fatal accident? No, no, no. This happened. This happened like six months ago. Oh, okay. (laughs) So she is. So she had monkey madness. I think that might be the the one of the words of the year. I don't believe any of that, but I loved hearing it. (laughs) And then uh, a vax star. If you got a vax star, you can intuit if someone has had the vaccine, like gaydar, but vax star. And then there's a. Vaccinistas are people who boast about getting their shots and post Instagram selfies. What, what is your injected. source? What? Your source. We want a My source. My source is this. the Oxford English Dictionary. Mm-hmm. If this were RuPaul's Drag Race Challenge, those would all be, I would have to have two of those lip sync for their life because they're really bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, How about the Anoxidati? This backstar is someone really reaching. I think yeah. just someone in the Oxford Dictionary is like smoking I'm sorry, my dear. Mm-hmm. No. A new addition okay. this year is the Inoculati, which is a variation of <laughs> Illuminati, right? The elite. They're just the high in the office and making this shit up. Ain't nobody talking about the inoculati. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to expand your vocabulary. All right, that is the word of the year. By the way, we can look forward to Pantone will be releasing in a few weeks the color of the year. The color of the year. That is always a big, a big get on our show. (laughs) I hope it's navy blue. (laughs) Hey guys, producer Blake Jacobs here. I've compiled segments from previous episodes this year into the top 10 moments of 2021. And when we come back, I'll reveal the number one thing this year that made us go wow. This is the Wow Report for Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back, guys. I'm producer Blake Jacobs, and I'm bringing you the top 10 moments of 2021. And we've reached number one. Number one. Britney's conservatorship is over. James St. James, take it away. Well, um, 
the beauty of it is is that well, first of all, she thanked the Free Britney movement that that helped get put this into the national spotlight and helped her uh, helped it come to pass. Um, she has since said that she doesn't know if she's ever going to perform again, but she has since taken space at a studio saying that she might want to make music again. She said she might want to have children again. She's going to get married to the man of her dreams. Uh, she might move. Um, uh, and just today she was on her Instagram or just this week, she was on her Instagram saying that she had her first glass of champagne ever for her birthday. And it sort of like chokes you up a little bit thinking, uh, you know, this woman who is almost 40 years old has never been allowed to have a glass of champagne on her birthday. And so it, the freedom that she feels and the, the, the happiness uh, that just the joy that's surrounding this is uh, it's, it's hard not to get caught up in the momentum of it. Does anyone else have anything else to say about this? I'm happy that she's back out in the spotlight. I love that the, this last weekend she went out to catch uh, which is a paparazzi hotspot, and people were kind of giving her shit for that. But I think she's earned it. She can she do whatever. If she, if she never wants to perform again, if she wants to live on a mountaintop or an island, go do it, baby. But you have earned I, it. I, really want. I wish her only the best. She yes. had issues in the past. I hope she, you know, and I don't need to know what anything is. I just wish her peace and serenity and, and, and a long life. And I do think, I guess, along the lines of a Taylor Swift in a different way or in Listen Last Sex, Britney could write her future however she wants in the music industry. If yeah. she wanted to record and not tour, if she wanted to tour and not record, if she wanted to release one song and album, I think the world... And Britney is an artist. Whatever you say about her, I love her music. I love her songs. They age very well. And I would love to have more from Britney. Whatever she wants to do, no pressure. But wow. I would, the world would be a better place with more Britney. I was, I was talking to someone and, and they were saying, they're not sure if they know... Does Britney know how big she is? Do you know what I mean? Because she could call up anyone. She could call up Adele. She could call up Oprah. And they would be throwing themselves at her. And I don't think she knows that or believes that. Oh, oh I, I, hope, I, I hope she doesn't end up in Oprah's Rose Garden. Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I think, Tom, I think you're absolutely correct. I think she has the ability to redefine the music industry how in her, in whatever she wants to do. Which may be nothing. Which may be nothing, yeah. and that's okay, too. I really in 20 think, years, she might want to put out one song. And I really think she'll do another. She'll release some new music because I really think that now she's happy again she's going to want to like do it and then when she does that she'll probably want to going to want to do at least a show or two right well maybe there might be trauma associated with with her you know uh, we don't know well yeah all at her own pace but i wonder if she ever dated jake gyllenhaal (laughs) maybe there's something there her 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 fiance is absolutely spectacular. Though. There was a God New York Times him. piece on him, which I didn't read yeah. yet, but he's getting. It'll be interesting to see. It's hard for the spouse of someone as famous as Britney Spears to fare well in the public eye. So let's let so far so good for him. So let's hope he he hangs in there too. Yeah, and I wish only good things to Britney. I do have apprehensions and anxieties, but. Um... You know, but you go through life like that, Fenton. I, I know. I was going to say you have you have been poo pooing this this free Britney thing since the beginning. So, yeah, I think in some respects the free Britney movement was uninformed and fact free. And I but think look the, at where it got us. And I think the situation is more complex than is being taken into account right now. Oh, but you naysayer, the penny penny, the sky is falling. <laughs> it isn't because the show's over. We've run out of time. Yay. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, our first of 2022. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow.